0: And welcome to Alpha Podflight, the podcast where every episode, uh, me and a guest, talk about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. This time I'm joined by Dan White. Could you introduce yourself, Dan?
1: Hello, I'm Dan White. Um, I am a comic artist. I do a comic called and Biscuit, um, and I also do a podcast called Silence, with an exclamation mark, where I trade under the name The Beast Must Die. Um, I'll be going by Dan White for this podcast, I think, for the sake of dignity. Um, and yeah, and I, I'm pleased to have been invited on this prestigious podcast. Episode 10, no, no 11. Episode 11. 11, Eleven. I'm um,
0: probably motoring through it. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for coming. Uh, what is, before I invited you on here, how much did you know about Alpha Flight and what was your history of them? They,
1: well i'm gonna this this is the first issue of our plot Fl- i've ever read That's shocking um but i am i was always aware of them and i i they were sort of one of those things where i'm quite drawn to the uh the b team style um of superhero team like i you know the doom patrol and uh you know giffen and dematis justice league i always like the ones the kind of oddball or the outsiders batman and the Outsiders. And I know that Alpha Flight kind of occupied that space in that they were kind of, despite the fact that they're routinely called Canada's finest or premier superhero team, they aren't really the big league and they never have... They're the big league for Canada. Well, they're they're the biggest, I believe. Um, So I was kind of, I I was always drawn to them, but I I knew very little about them. Um, And I think the first time I probably encountered them was maybe they were in a panel in a Secret Wars comic or something they might have been referred to in a kind yeah, of overview possibly. Um, and I remember sort of seeing and I, I, I kind of couldn't make out particularly anything about any one of them apart from Sasquatch He's the one I remember and I remember they were like their red and white costumes I like a kind of uniform sense of design oh right so that was quite late then maybe yeah, yeah. I might be getting confused but the first time I would have read a story would have been when I was reading the Claremont and Burn run, which mm. obviously I didn't do at the time. I'm not that old, um, but I did kind of work my way through one of those essential collections. And there's a story, I think it's the, there's a big chunk of story which is like the prime kind of Burn Claremont run, mm. and it starts with with an Alpha Flight story where they're in Canada, and uh, obviously there's there's some Wolverine stuff, and yeah, I think, I can't remember exactly, but I remember reading that issue and being like, oh, right, that's Alpha Flight.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the one where, in story terms, uh, they're on their way back from Japan having done something, and then uh, Alpha Flight sort of scupper their plane. They get Shaman to draw the plane into Canada so they can
1: take Wolverine legally. Like all Canadians, they want everything to come to Canada apart from, you know. They don't want anyone to stay in Canada, but they want everything to be focused on Canada. Yeah, yeah. they're just the most selfish nation.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I say, for someone who knows so little about Canada, I've said some pretty broad things. Oh about yeah, well them. I think that's fine,
1: really, isn't it? I mean, you know, uh,
0: they're too polite. To exactly.
1: I um, my experience of people from Canada is often, apart from obviously all the tremendous creators and you know filmmakers and musicians, that I I will you know absorb their art. If I'm travelling around anywhere, you often encounter Canadian fellow travellers, and they will be wearing coats and bags which are festooned with the maple leaf flag. Really, and I think it's a defence mechanism, so they're not American. Um, and I think that's what Alpha Flight do as well, don't they? They kind of make sure that they've got the maple leaf somewhere on their costume. In this instance that we're talking about now, they don't. Right.
0: Only so if, if Guardian. Then. Yeah, so um, further on into the 90s. So we've got the Burn run, the Matt Lerner run, yes. and after those, they get that. And I have only read one issue where they've got that.
1: Simon so. Furman might have re- wrote,
0: written it for a little while. Possibly. Weirdly. Um, I've not got that far along my reading. I'm still, just as of today, I've just finished reading 51. Right. Where the government have taken them back. But that's not important because yeah. today we're going to talk about issue three, um, which was is called Yesterday Man. It was a story and art by John Byrne. Tom Orzgakowski was a letterer. His name only comes up as a letterer when I'm least expecting it to. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Yankus is colouring. Denny O'Neill and Jim Shooter editing. Oh, uh, Jim Shooter is listed as Tomorrow Man.
1: Right.
0: For, um, I'm sure, reasons which.
1: Well, he's called, called Yesterday Man, distance. so he's Tomorrow Man. I wonder who's responsible for giving Jim Shooter special names in this. Do you think it's himself, or do you think it's a dig? I think it's
0: in in one of them he calls him. He's the American, right? Uh, And I'm sure. I think he liked to play around with that little. Yeah, yeah.
1: He was, and he's definitely quite sort of into his own brand, so making sure that he stands out. Um, yeah, anyway.
0: Yes, so uh, what I'm going to ask you to do now is give me a rundown of everything that happens in this comic. <laughs> right, okay, I will do. Uh,
1: having read it on the train in to work this morning, uh, it's fresh in my mind. Uh, so this involves, uh, it's, it's one of the characters, I think it's Snowbird. That's her. Snowbird is flying through the snow, looking, uh, as she comes across a crashed Alpha flight ship. Yep. Which is a nice, really simple rocket sort of design, very standard. And it's crashed, and obviously she's very concerned about her colleagues. Um, this is only issue three, so I'm assuming that they've only recently started hanging out together. So they're more yeah. like new friends. Um, maybe sort of, you know, they're they're possibly not a, a fully bonded team at this point. Well, I in don't know.
0: Ish, so they're in terms of comics continuity, they're a fully bonded team, and they're a new team. Mm. And then in the first issue of Alpha Flight, they get disbanded and, and like, the government cuts their funding and they right. all go their separate ways. So then in issue
1: two and three, they all come back together even though they're... It's like a rejoining of the... Right, okay, Yeah. Yeah. yep, yeah, that's a pretty standard sort of thing, I think, isn't it? The first arc of a, of a new comic is like the gathering of the forces. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she comes across this crashed ship and she uses some of her special... She's got special powers where she's got... Uh, sort of weird alien eyes and she can sort of see into the past yeah um, and so she can see what happened it's a bit like in Hannibal actually where he closes his eyes in the tv show and can sort of see what happened with the crime that's his special empath power yeah so she uh she kind of sees the the, the crash um how the, the the thing crashed she also sees that her colleagues from our flight Sasquatch mm. um, what's he called Guardian North Star, and, and Aurora, Aurora. Yeah. who are twins yes um, and they'll come to them in a minute the brother and sister thing <laughs> uh, they all obviously escape unharmed and go off into the snow snowy mm-hmm. wastelands and she sort of sees these spectral forms go off these past forms go yeah. off she then transforms transforms herself into a polar bear for reasons I'm not clear about. Well, that's um, that's an actual power, right? She she can turn herself in. She's half god,
0: right? She's been bound to Canada, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see it in, in another in another issue. But as soon as she leaves Canada, yeah, she becomes really desperately ill, yeah, because she can only be on Canadian soil. But she can turn herself into any animal native hmm. to Canada. Mm-hmm. And this power, where she like reviews the ghosts of yeah. things, which are,
1: that only really happens in this one. Right, it's a bit of a kind it's never of never touched upon not, again. Is it MacGuffin? No, it's a kind of yeah, it's a kind of plot. Plot Um, so she then tracks them to what appears to be some sort of I think it's kind of crashed alien spacecraft Mm -hmm. Um, and then we cut to the rest of the team who are sort of five minutes ahead of her um it's it's a bit it's sort of a bit odd it's an odd thing because you go from seeing this kind of what's happened and then you find out what's happened and then you find out they're only about half a mile ahead of her anyway (laughs) yeah it's an odd sort of storytelling choice but anyway we cut to some action with uh, um, Guardian and Sasquatch sort of breaking up the alien ship to try and find uh, their colleagues, I think, North Star and Aurora, who are inside the ship. Um, now, North Star and Aurora, I think they're twins, are they? They are twins. Yep, they're twins, and, yep. Uh, and they're Canadian, French-Canadian. Yes. So John Byrne lets us know this by repeatedly having them say the odd French phrase, mm. such as... Uh, aurora refers to him as uh mon cher m- 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 mon cher frere i think <laughs> which is my sweet brother so <laughs> she she they call each other sister and brother relentlessly it's great they're just doing that thing of like uh um, come quickly, brother. All right, sister. And it's I don't know about you. Have you got siblings? Yeah. Yeah. Do you when you when you hang out together? Do you always remind yeah. each other the brother Glen, sister Fiona, yeah, just here, so they yeah, know? Same yeah, Same here with my brother. I'm always, we're always like come, brother. Um, so they do that. And then yeah, it just dog reminds me
0: of when I've only read some of his Fantastic Four, but Johnny Storm is constantly referring to Reed Richards as my brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it's yeah. that
1: same thing. Yeah. And it's obviously this thing of like you know the old school, and especially under Jim Shooter's run of like you know you've got to it's it's someone's first issue so you've you've got to get their status quo but it's hilarious how many times they call each other brother and sister just in case there was any worry and it always in comics makes you think do they love it? Are they sleeping together? Is that <laughs> You're the second on? person who said that on this podcast. <laughs> it's just something about it. I don't know what it is. There's always a vibe, isn't there? Um, so they uh, then sort of find themselves under attack, Aurora and uh, North Star, from the ship itself. It starts sort of, a bit like the Danger of it starts kind of attacking them. And the reason I picked this issue is because of the quite striking cover, yeah. which is one of the things I, I really like about John Byrne. It's as well as being a sort of pedestrian, sort of, workman like Storyteller in some yeah. ways, although a very you know, consistent and good one, he will occasionally pull out these incredibly strong designs and I think this cover is particularly good which shows Aurora under attack and it's all yeah. done in black and white apart from her face which is kind of pink uh, and it's just a really striking cover. I, that would make me pick it off the shelves basically yeah. and it did in this instance. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's happening, they get attacked by the ship and then Sasquatch and Guardian break through and kind of rescue them just as it seems like they're in peril. Uh, and then it cuts to another of their team members, who's Marina. Mm. Is, she, is she some sort of fish person? She is a fish person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, in this issue, we sort of learn more about her history right, and yes. why she's a fish person. Yes. So speak, She was born out of an egg on some remote Canadian... Thing, but nobody knows anything about her than that she grew up to look like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is where we find out about her history. So she's um, she's being tortured, and uh, it's one of those kind of weird things that used to happen in comics a lot for <coughs> a woman being tortured. Mm. And uh, you sort of it's weird how often you just look at that and go, oh yeah, that's a really common thing. It's quite disturbing actually because yeah. it's like it really relishes her, the suffering. I'm just going to give you a little <laughs> touch of the. Uh, it says now I should have worn my glasses so I can read it. <laughs> It says, "A million shards of pain <laughs> <laughs> bore through her. No, I can't read that. You read go. that panel. Sorry. I can't. You've got your glasses on. This one here. Yeah.
0: A million shards of pain bore into her, burrowing through her nervous system like hungry termites, digging, tearing until it la- until all the vast horizons of the universe are pushed back by an unending ocean of anguish.
1: Yeah." That's what's going on with her at that point. So she's kind of strapped into... I mean, it's not clear how that's happening or why it's happening because it seems like she's just sort of in... Just strapped into something. something, But she's in this kind of immense suffering. Uh, And then we get this character who I think is called the Master. Yes. begins to do a lot of explaining to her. A Um, lot of explaining. And this is when the comic goes into like a really long, tortuous kind of backstory of his origins. Yeah and um and then as you say we find out a bit that, that they're linked uh, there's a bit of a sort of john carter's the thing vibe i yeah. found with this a whole a sort of alien ship embedded in the arctic tundra or the ice rather not the arctic tundra they're only in canada aren't they <laughs> um and yeah, and that, in fact, I'd be surprised if it wasn't influenced by it, given that this is probably, what, mid-early 80s, 84, something like that.
0: Yeah, so I think he's been influenced a fair amount by Lovecraft in right. some of these things. Yes, yeah. Um, but also, the, episode, the issue I did with Doug, uh, which I hadn't got until he pointed out, mm. and then it was really
1: obvious, was that is a rip-off of the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, So I think, and I'm sure that if we asked John Byrne, he would say, no, it's not. Uh, I was actually referring to the original sort of pulp story from 1940 or or something like that. He'd probably deny it, but it's probably... Or he had a problem with a minor plot point in the film. Yes, and then he wanted to sort out. Uh, So the master explains this long-winded sort of torturous storyline about his uh, origins. He, He basically tells the story of a man who comes across this ship and then the ship kind of the alien technology he's kind of like a yeah like a, sort a caveman of caveman primitive caveman type oh he's an arrogant caveman arrogant. he thinks he knows better than his tribe so he wanders off he's a bit like vandal savage actually in that way He sees anyway he's, <laughs> right. he's kind of absorbed by the ship and then alien technology makes him into the man he is today who is this uh sadistic weird helmet wearing uh john burn type yeah um, the
0: ultimate human yeah I'm wondering,
1: words. I'm wondering whether as well he's kind of drawing on his uh, his old pal Chris Claremont, his old pal and enemy Chris Claremont because there's a lot of kind of weird sadism and a woman in sort of in bondage and mm. a guy with a beard sitting around lecturing her about you know what's going on felt very Claremontian and then just as it all is going to be you know kind of come to a head who, who should appear but the Submariner and the Invisible Girl yeah. from Fantastic Four uh, which is, I, 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 I know from listening <laughs> to another podcast that that Byrne was doing the Fantastic Four at, at the, the time, same time the this yeah. is a crossover obviously yeah. so what we get is we're informed they appear and then we're informed that we have to head over to Fantastic Four 280 I think, or 260 uh, and then back here to find out the origin of Mariner or oh, Marinara uh, Marina that. Marinara I think it's better Um, and so yeah we get this kind of out of the blue like and here they are Uh, so that's the issue it's a bit kind of like quite an abrupt it really is jarring kind of like oh right because they've not been seeded at all no Uh, and not yeah at, at all and I believe in the Fantastic Four comic they kind of they also just sort of disappear out of the comic, and then they come back from this adventure, and it's literally Very like, We're back possibly, now. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, just, it's not really... It doesn't feel like a smooth kind of, a, you know, crossover. It's more like, oh, yeah, go and read that comic now. Yeah. Um, so.
0: And yeah. it's so jarring that until you pointed that out, I
1: thought it was an advert. Yeah, it looks like an advert for another comic. I yeah. mean, my, my and was, I've read it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, then we get a... Uh, the second sort of we've got a little mini story in the back, which is uh, the origin of the Guardian. It's the secret origin out of Alpha Flight, mm. and I, this is one of the most boring strips I've <laughs> ever read in my life. It was so dull. Um, so his origin is 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 kind of almost it's just he's got a special suit, basically yeah. a technology suit. But uh, honestly, if you s- scan these pages, it's just a man in a checkered shirt and his girlfriend in a sort of turtleneck sweater yep. sitting around talking for three pages Yeah. and then there's a man with a beard and he's talking as well and there's a man in a suit they're talking there's lots and lots of talking lots yeah. and lots of talking uh, I think finally the- <laughs> it ends with a splash page of the Guardian flying up into the sky but it's literally one of the most boring strips I can't even remember what happened and I read it the same. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I think the the, part, the phrase we're going for now, which um, Bill came up with in the first episode, is big chats.
1: Big chats. That is a
0: big, very chats. good description. Um, yeah. So I think as, it's been a while since I read this one, actually. But yeah, he develops a suit when he's in university. He goes to work for Jerry Jackson, or J A X X O N Jackson. Jackson he then Jerry Jackson wants to sell his technology to the army and he says no way I'm a pacifist
1: yeah like all pacifists
0: steals it loses his job (laughs) and then his 17 year old secretary Heather
1: is she 17? she's 17 in in this she looks
0: about 48 she's 29 in comics continuity but when they run off to get married she's 17 and she suggests it Johnny B yeah
1: um, yeah okay and then yeah so and then he puts on the suit yeah comes the guardian
0: and i think this might be when we first get
1: to know that he knows wolverine right okay yeah so oh no
0: we knew he knew wolverine from yeah, w- the introduction so alpha,
1: these alpha flight comics would have spun out of their X-Men. Sort of popular appearance in the x-men basically. yeah
0: so every time they turned up in the x-men there'd be like a massive letter saying yeah. we want more alpha flight more alpha and alpha then john Byrne put it off for i believe this is from Sean, who I had on another episode. For four years, he was like, I don't want do mm. to do it, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. Because he
1: is Canadian, isn't he, burn,
0: burn. Oh, I'm glad you asked, <laughs> because I've got it wrong on all ten episodes until now. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so, he was born in England, and when he was eight, he moved to Canada.
1: That I think I knew he was born in England, because he, he, he drew a Judge Dredd comic strip once, and I think he sort of there was some sort of reference to how he was English, so it was fine. Right, okay. <laughs> it yeah. was in an annual. It was like a 12-page strip, and it's like John Byrne drawing Dread. It's really odd, actually. It's sort of a really... I don't know. It's just a really thing you wouldn't really expect to see. It's quite a clean Dread. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't... It's not too... It's not too bad. It works okay, but it's definitely... It's definitely when you're used to seeing McMahon, and you see what I'm doing here. I'm trying to sneak this into a Judge Dread <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, no, so this was... Yeah, this was... Uh, yeah, that's the issue basically. That's yeah, my and it's almost that. a shame because <laughs> I really like Alpha
0: Flight, and this is one of the weakest it's, issues it of it. It Felt like
1: a fairly dry sort of, and I know that people have a real fondness for this run. Yeah. So uh, I was like, hmm, it's not this issue that's got given them the fondness.
0: Yeah, um, because what other issues? And for most of his run, he'll just take one character or two characters and put them in a situation. Uh, and then either within one issue or across two, they'll get out of that situation. Mm. And that's uh, so. Like one of the controversies about Alpha Flight was that they're a team book, which never has the team right, in the same place at the same team. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah. So this one is lots of big chats. Yeah. The master has a big chat, really big chat, yeah. about
1: how he got his helmet, and then. Yeah, and they sort of the action is basically them fighting a spaceship. Uh, yeah, they fight I, wall, They fight walls. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, uh, which because it's a comet you can't really see them fighting the wall, so you only know that they are because they're constantly telling each other that a wall has just emerged and they've got to fight it.
1: Yeah yeah no it's, it's it's one of those things as well which you really sort of see in comics of the day where it's just like let's just have a scene of them sort of breaking some scenery up uh, yeah just so they can see that they've got powers and so yeah. you know you've got north star and aurora flying around in this kind of extended danger room sequence and you've got guardian and Sasquatch just breaking shit yeah. they're just breaking stuff up and uh, it's weird it's like this kind of weird you know this old thing i must see some powers being used i won't be happy <laughs> yeah uh, but then, you know, it's such an unsatisfying use of them, just them kind of blowing up some machinery. Yeah. And also, hey, come on, you don't know, that machinery might have some sort of use or value. It's not, you know, it looks fairly complicated. And they're just tearing it up, yeah. blasting their way through it. Absolutely no, I mean, no <laughs> reason just, to. This do is it. antique. This yeah. isn't an ancient civilization. <laughs> they're just smashing it straight up. Yeah. Um, it, uh, What I liked about this, and I was thinking about this on the way in, is that, like, Bernie is one of those artists who. He, in some ways, in my mind, he's like the quintessential American comic book artist from a certain period. Mm. In, in that, when I was a kid, and I, w- I was much more familiar with the sort of unique, idiosyncratic art of 2000 AD, and mm. I would look at American comics, they'd all look the same, but they'd all yeah. look basically a bit like John Byrne or mm-hmm. John Romita, sort of you know that style. Yeah. Um, but it, but Berner, I think at the time I would have been first sort of hitting these comics was doing so many comics. He was doing yeah. like Fantastic Four, X Men. I mean, not all at the same time, but you know, it, within a few. He years, was all over the place. West yeah. Coast Avengers, Alpha Flight, and he wrote and drew uh, Namor. Yeah. And he wrote and drew these like it yeah. was like he was it was a full like, he was a full on machine basically. Yeah. And yet he does manage like he is quite workmanlike and he's very you know he's, he's got a kind of standard storytelling but then he's quite adventurous in his own way and so yeah. like for example the the bit we were talking about with um stormbird is that her name again snowbird snowbirds <laughs> special kind of powers of seeing back in time a little bit it's really nice the way he kind of draws this kind of slightly yeah. echoing imagery uh and it's 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 just sort of adventurous uh, but it would also clear you're really clear what's going on which yeah. is kind of nice and then there's a bit like later on where you see for example um you see you know aurora trapped in the spaceship and she's kind of got got all this machinery um kind of closing in on her but it's all very geometric these Mm. kind of poles and bars it's like a kind of it's like a giant apparatus from school coming at you at once (laughs) yeah but it's a really like good sort of three-dimensional piece of Panel design in a way, yeah, you know, it's a real sense of depth. It's an
0: ambitious it? drawing, yeah, and, um, and that uh, like on the page, it sort of uh, contrasts it the page before where he's represented as much as possible with just shapes, so you can see yeah. um, North Star and Aurora. They're silhouetted. You only see the whites
1: of their costumes. As they how help, they helpfully say that as well. They say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to read it out for the guys because I can't
0: read. I did actually, a podcast with the I know. It's
1: really bad. Like my eyesight st- is st-
0: um, failing rapidly. It disturbs me, but for the luminescence of our costumes, we would not even be able to see each other.
1: Yeah, which is good because it's exactly what's happening in the panel. Yeah, it's one of those things, and that's the other thing I was going to say about this, um, is that it's a real sort of. It's funny reading comments like this and getting that kind of throwback to a much older way of comics and yet that's one that we're very familiar with. Yeah. Because we you know, we we came up with this sort of stuff. And it's this really like explanatory, um, sort of panel heavy descriptive you know, there's a bit where Snowbird at the start is flying around and she's just thinking really clearly about what's going on. Yeah. And you think, well nowadays, you know, there's people would be coming up with a new way to gonna get that information across. And in those days it's like no just she's just going to think and she's going to explain and she's going to say what's happened before what's what she's worried about yeah what and you know as she looks at something she'll explain what she, what her power is and all this stuff and it's really sort of it's really clunky and really weird and it reminds you of like how what a sort of in some ways what a sort of i don't know like what an awkward art form it it can be and why people yeah. might have sort of have laughed at comics because yeah. it is so odd that people you know you don't get this in any other sort of art form really this really heavy handed way of explaining especially when you've got like nice clear storytelling but yeah it is still quite comforting
0: it, to you go say back that and it sort of remind me though because when I don't read comics I read shit <laughs> right um, so I read a lot of like um, Jack Reacher novels right uh, and in that the action will like kick along but then he hasn't made the page count so he will just describe a location in like <laughs> excruciating detail um, and talk about time zones uh, yeah and in a way it's similar to that yeah. just like we've got to slow this down yeah, yeah so that yeah. people feel like they've they've read something so we'll just describe
1: it from the and that's it you know in some ways it's like the fact that he with Byrne was doing so much at the time the fact Mm -hmm. that he's got any time to do sort of slightly vaguely experimental things with storytelling yeah but also he is writing a comic where something happens there's a bit of backstory Mm -hmm. there's some action there's a bit of character stuff Uh, it's not very satisfying yeah it's not a particularly good issue but nonetheless it does fulfil the parameters of a comic (laughs) yeah and you can imagine that as a monthly thing it's like okay yes that moves the story forward fairly incrementally but it did nonetheless yeah um, but Burn has got that
0: tendency that he needs to fill in every gap. Yes. there can't be any ambiguity. Yeah, he's got to cover it eventually.
1: Yeah, he's and to... he, he's a corrector, isn't he? He's yeah. like um, and it's so funny because I've read loads of interviews with with Burn, or not interviews. I don't read, a waste of that <laughs> time. But you read quotes and stuff where he's attacking other people for sort of yeah. messing around with. With continuity or mm, changing yeah. things, yeah, and yet he is uh, the prime mover and shaker in that. In that he has gone back and sort of changed things. Like he did this kind of Spider-Man: The Lost Years, or was it X-Men: The Lost Years? X-Men: The Hidden Years. Hidden Years, and yeah. then he did a Spider-Man one where he kind of filled in. He basically went and filled in some gaps, yeah, in the kind of classic Ditko run and the, the, the sort of X-Men yeah. run, and just basically just changed loads of stuff and just basically put his own
0: yeah. spin on it. And
1: and loads of people were like it's. Really key what you've changed, and it's really, really changes the characters, it really undoes that. Yeah, and um, and he's just like, Yeah, I'm allowed to do it, just no one else is <laughs> allowed to do it. And he kind of attacked Grant Morrison and sort of for, for not, you know, for basically not having the right to touch Kirby's creations, even though yeah. Morrison is probably the most sympathetic
0: mm-hmm.
1: of you know, along with like Walt Simonson. Like, Morrison is one of the people who's really got his head around the the potential and excitement of the fourth world. Yeah. And then John Byrne did it and he just spent his time again correcting plot points and making it all a bit like a really boring yeah. space opera. Yeah. You know? And so it's like he's like really guilty of the things that he hates. Yeah. And I imagine that in within this there's probably a ton of little real corrective stuff that I don't know about because I'm not, you know Well
0: what's quite good is that these characters are fresh. Right. So yeah, he yeah. knows what the fill in thing is gonna be. But um he feels he can leave it a little bit longer right so yeah, I yeah. think I think and I've, I haven't read anything to support this but Sasquatch he knew what who that character was mm. and what was going to happen to them and then like what gave it two mm. years to tell that story because he knew he was going to get to it eventually mm. what just on this page here what I quite like is when Aurora gets trapped by all these mm. bars coming out. Mm. She has a like a mental breakdown. Oh yes,
1: and she regresses to this. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> this character. She was she was in a, a nunnery or something. Yeah. And she was a, she's a repressed.
0: She's got multiple personality disorder. Right. Uh, and one side of her personality is a very strict, moralistic. Right. Uh, Christian woman the other is Aurora who's flighty free-spirited and and has
1: superpowers she wears uh, what does she describe it as some sort of revealing shameless costume (laughs) she says why am I in this shameless costume and I'm like I suppose it's kind of figure-hugging but there's definitely worse costumes you You could be Emma Frost
0: yeah (laughs) Um, Um, but what's quite nice is that um, Guardian goes I was worried this might happen I was worried if I sent someone with a mental illness into a fight she might (laughs) and then Sasquatch is like you what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how
1: did this get past yeah you knew this uh, well yeah I mean I think Guardian is in a lot, long line of just crap leaders really isn't he and, um, mm. yeah, but also I, again I got a really I don't know whether like Claremont and Byrne came up with the characters about like, I think they did that yeah. feels very Claremontian this this, she, this strict girls' school that she was in This. I don't know if it was Claremont that did that maybe in maybe which in case the I think story, Byrne, is, Byrne is, is in dialogue, dialogue with, here, yeah. with Claremont a lot here isn't he yeah. Yeah. and I know that, that from listening to sort of other people talk about you know there's this real clear thing especially in like the Fantastic Four and stuff that he harboured a big resentment that Claremont got a lot of the kudos for like the X-Men success and right. it was all about the kind of intricacies of the plot and the soap opera dynamics and the, yeah. and the you know the S&M shit that is riddled through that comic and um, and so he often tried to sort of out Claremont Claremont. and I think yeah. this feels Claremontian. This this is very she felt I was like she felt like something straight out of the X Men you know? Right. Or the new mutants or something like that. Yeah. I've got a question though. Yes. Where is Puck? He's the funny hairy little man and he I was thinking, is, you know. Yeah. Uh, why isn't he there? Because in issue two,
0: Marina went bad and disemboweled him oh no yeah so, <laughs> why didn't
1: we read that, that issue <laughs> should have given me a heads up um, see hairy men disembowel
0: so yeah so she because they they were Alpha Flight was the main team yeah then behind them was like the almost ready to be superheroes Beta Flight and then there's Gamma Flight behind oh, right. them so because it was exciting yeah so Marina and Puck were in Gamma Flight, no, sorry, Beta Flight, they got promoted to Alpha Flight in issue one. And then Marina, it turns out that she's an alien. Right, yeah. And she's a good alien because she's brought up with strong Western Canadian values. Yes, yes. But at the slightest hint, she can go bad. Yeah. And they found this out when she turned bad, and Puck was like, I'll
1: calm her down, everything's fine. then she ripped him in half and (laughs) ran off. (laughs) <laughs> so have there ever been comics about beta flight or gamma flight because I know there was an omega flight comic in the 90s
0: yeah so the, no there, there wasn't um, and you only see them in issue one in like they don't get named or anything they just get a panel each to show mm. who these characters like pictures of the characters
1: so how shit were gamma flight because they were like, presumably like not even well, in they the all, B team
0: they all joined up um, because and killed guardian mm. in issue 12 right oh yeah um, and they came back as a, me- as a mega flight. Did they
1: kill him for having the most boring origin story of all time, or was there another reason? <laughs> um, in a way. <laughs> so, um, Jerry Jackson. Oh, it's to do with Jackson. Jackson. He right. gets
0: them all together and says, We need to teach him a lesson yeah, because yeah. he stole my suit and ruined my career. So I was
1: right. In a way, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but who's in there? Diamond Lil, <laughs> who's just like tall and strong. Right. Um. Uh, flashback, who his power, and I've mentioned on the podcast, his power is to call versions of himself from the future mm. to increase his numbers. Probably not too far. he's doesn't want just a really old man. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I, have, I have problems with him as a character. <laughs> yeah, because he is never explained how his power actually works. Yeah. Why none of his future selves? Give him any hints about how yeah. he might do better in the fight because yeah, he always yeah. loses. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in a much later issue, one of his future people gets killed, mm. and he has a mental breakdown because he realises that at whatever
1: point that person was at, that's the end of his life. Yeah. Um, There's a yeah. character in um, in in Alan Moore's Captain Britain in there. Is it the Technet, the the weird mercenaries? That, mm. um, that turn up they're kind of a bunch of alien mercenaries and he's got a similar thing where he, th- th- he just duplicates but they're all versions from different points in his timeline. right okay and if the original one gets killed then they all die basically yeah, yeah. anyway it's done by Alan so it's handled yeah. in a really brain-bending Thought, excellent thoughtful way. way and i imagine it's not the same here it's not <laughs> no he's just a
0: smarmy weird skinny man with lots of <laughs> versions of himself um so, yeah. who else is there a uh, wild child who's oh, yeah. sort of like this creepy skinny man with a really thin (laughs) face, yeah, yeah, Yeah. theme of creepy skinny men, Uh, and he's just like proper nasty piece of shit. And uh, box, box (laughs) Box is an excellent character. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, um, and I only found the the, the amount of Alpha Flight I've read, and I only found out the last couple of days what his power actually was, Mm -hmm. which was he was mutantly innovative. Um, he could come up with designs for technology, Steve Jobs style. Yeah, like yeah. forge, but without actually being able to do stuff. Right. And um, he designed a robot which he could like phase in and out of. Uh-huh. So became a super because strong flying robot. Right. Instead, so he wasn't wearing it, but he sort of like transfused with it. Um so that was Box. And he's a really good character. It's a great name. For his, character. His, his actual name is Roger Box B-O-C-H-S.
1: <laughs> and then it just happens to yeah, that's he, that's yeah. probably my favourite trope of superheroes, is like the name that relates to the power that they will have later. Yeah. So like Doctor Strange is he's called Stephen Strange. Yeah. It just happens to be and it's like it well, doesn't need to be called <laughs> no. Stephen Strange. He could change his name to Doctor Strange because it's like, you know what? I I actually encounter a lot of strange stuff, so why don't I give myself a code name like Doctor Strange. But at the same time, it's like I spent a lot of time at medical school. I'm keeping the doctor. Yeah, I'm keeping the doctor a bit. Yeah, I'm not just going to reduce myself down to um, yeah, to some sort of Mister Mr. Strange. Patent. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. if he,
0: well, technically he he was a surgeon, wasn't he? Yeah. So he should be Mister Strange. Right.
1: Cause, yeah, because he's not actually. You're right. Yeah.
0: Hmm. should it be
1: Doctor Strange MD no that's not what I'd no because if you're a consultant you're Mr right. <laughs> consultant uh, <laughs> consultant Strange so anyway uh, Beta Flight and uh, Gamma, Gamma Huffler, Huffler. 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 they sound good I, I, oh sorry and the one I've forgotten was yeah. Mr Jeffries <laughs> who? <laughs> just, uh, brilliant <laughs> who
0: just he refused to have a code name. yeah because yeah. he was just like I'm just a normal guy is he kind know. of
1: pipe wearing Bob Dobbs type
0: or he just looks like a normal man and right. then his, his power is can transmute metal but um, he needs he's best friends with Box and Box says do this and he'll do it yeah. but he hasn't got
1: any imagination with his own right which is yeah, yeah. I think Mr Jeffries is a fantastic character. I'm obsessed by him instantly. Him and Box are my favourite things about Alpha Flight. Yeah. Um, the, the, see this is what I want more of, I think. I want I want a weirder, more kind of kooky, uh like oddball and especially I found if you imagine that they all sound like Terence and Philip from <laughs> from South Park, it really helps. Um, but actually the problem with this is it is a sort of fairly pedestrian um it's a kind of fairly pedestrian sort of bread and butter yeah. superhero comedy Now i know that there are issues aren't there that are quite famous for their mm. experimental quality like the notorious yeah. white issue mm-hmm. where it's i presume maybe it's five pages Snowbird bird trapped in the snow that's correct yeah. Yeah. yeah is it not the
0: whole issue is it only no, it's five, five. Five pages of
1: it was a whole issue
0: no yes. it made enough of an effect that people talk about it as if yeah. it's the whole issue yeah yeah But actually there's five and the rest of
1: it is like He's really done a lot of drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. I mean, the thing about Bernie's—you can say we like him, and people do, and they should, because he's a fairly noxious character nowadays. And even you know, then you know, his comics are sort of riddled with sort of unpleasant yeah. ideas. And there's, there's definitely—he's quite into certain things that you're like, I'm mm, not sure about. That. But he did have a hot a hot streak, which was an undeniable. Where he, you know, I talked about on Silence last week about Keith Giffen and how at one point yeah. he was almost single-handedly. Kind of holding up the DCU and he was reinventing moribund properties and he was finding new ways to sort of talk about old characters and all this stuff. Mm. Um, and Byrne had a definite, yeah. stre- you know, hot streak. And I know that, you know, pe- some people love his West Coast Avengers run, some people love his Alpha Flight run, some people hate his Alpha Flight run. It's, it's yep. Some people, you know, the um, Fantastic Four run is undeniably sort of iconic and uh, along with the Lee Kirby one, probably the one that people. Mm-hmm you know remember most Yeah. so he's an impressive and to just the only person I can think of who churned it out both writing and drawing and all that stuff and inking was Kirby actually mm. you know Kirby was doing when at uh, various points in his career he was pumping out now the difference being that Kirby is like a weird molten idea engine and John yeah. Byrne is like a weird sort of Continuity fixing, yeah, a bland storyteller. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Kirby was just like, I'll do this. I don't care what happened the yeah, last issue. This guy's got a helmet the size of a planet, and you're going to see him for one panel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just like. Whereas Byrne would be like, I need to explain that man how hat. he got his yeah, hat. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. to explain how he got his hat, and I mean to make it not fun for anyone. <laughs> um, What's quite in-
0: is that um, so this is issue three, so he's still. Draw, uh, I'm just calling it drawing a lot. Yeah. So he does. He makes sure that there's details in it. By the time we get to, I did 13 with Tom Ward the other night. Mm. Um and he's just not shading, he's not putting any detail mm-hmm. in, anything extraneous to just getting the characters on the page. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's just like Yeah, there's definitely like yeah, shortcuts start to crop yeah. in and he sort of seems to ebb and flow with that because I remember picking up some Namor comics by him. they were really well drawn actually, They're really well and it was obviously he was like quite excited and he's got a new yeah. um mm-hmm. Uh, duo tinting uh, you know that kind of thing where you get like dots yeah, yeah, yeah. you use dots to create greyscale yeah. basically and he was obviously discovered that so it's riddled with like that Yeah. but he was obviously really excited about it but then you'll read like a kind of later Fantastic Four issue and he's just not bothering by yeah. that point point. Yeah. Uh, and you know you and I do comics and to be fair I if I to had draw. to draw a thousand pages <laughs> okay. a month or whatever it was then I think I would probably stop caring yeah.
0: and there's some issues where you can see that he's invented a sequence because he wants to draw along mm. And there's so there's in one issue Sasquatch goes and re landscapes like an entire mountain, Mm. and it just gives them a chance to draw Sasquatch, who's a big hairy man Mm. who's quite fun to draw, Mm. smashing loads of trees, making a waterfall, all this stuff. It's fun to draw, and then the rest of it, he doesn't really try very hard. Yeah,
1: he's just like, that's my issue. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. remember Simon Bisley saying that, that, you know, he's a very un disciplined artist and he, he was talking once saying when he gets an, a, a script he just goes straight to the exciting action bit draws yeah. that and it fits in the other bits around it and okay. if you look at a business <laughs> comic you're like yeah no I can get that and sometimes it'll be like quite a major bit of storytelling is reduced to a really tiny sketchy little panel Yeah. and then he's just got a huge flexing barbarian because
0: <laughs> sometimes he'll just put the pencils on it'll be yeah. a fully
1: painted comic yeah. but yeah. Just he just won't paint those yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Yeah, but you know, there's 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 there is something fun about Alpha Flight. There is something weirdly kind of there is something like about the B team characters who are you know there's
0: and they're not very good
1: superheroes. (laughs) And that's it. They don't seem
0: to be very good. Um, Um, So um, I think it's in this issue actually. Northstar says I'm super fast, but I don't have the cognitive processing to deal with that. So like Flash can run super fast and can still perceive the world around him, but Northstar just doesn't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> so he's like, I'm really at danger of smashing into a wall here because I can't see a couple.
1: That idea, yeah. And then Aurora is in danger of slipping back into some strange, um, black narcissus kind of repressed yeah. nun character if she doesn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, Guardian is just. So boring that everyone <laughs> might fall asleep, and uh, and then Marina is officially uh, in this. She's just tortured. Yeah, That's she's it. just being tortured. Although it's good though, there's a bit where it describes the suffering that I made you read out, <laughs> and it makes it sound like this comic is full of hyperbole. because It makes it sound like there couldn't be any more suffering than that, and yet when the master starts talking about his own suffering, it's much worse. It's worse. He yeah. says he says to her, "You know the suffering you've just had, yeah, that was like this, and a th- you know, like a thousand suns burning in your skin." Well, it was that with nothing. This was worse. And it's like, well,
0: but I, like I can that imagine
1: how bad that was. Because
0: the master's such a male character, it's, it's like a
1: man thing to say. Yeah, like, yeah. I
0: know you gave birth, but I just stubbed my toe and it was yeah, much
1: worse. Yeah, I know you've just been tortured and the writer's just spent ages trying to explain that it's the worst suffering that anyone has ever suffered. But yeah, trust me, I was worse. <laughs> uh, Mike's,
0: I have to go to work every day. <laughs> you yeah, don't get worse exactly. like. You get to
1: hang around the baby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's. Uh, yeah it's it's fairly dry stuff but I did uh, I like you know I like reading comics that are from a different yeah you know, they're, they're, I'm comfortable with them because I grew up reading them but I remember even as a kid I would have found this boring mm. um, because again you know um, we were raised on well I was certainly I weaned myself on weirder shit than this yeah so when I came to American Comics I was always struck by how boring they were but there's a certain <laughs> point where you're like, but I love that. I just love the weird character. What? Who's this character? I want to know more about this character. Yeah. You know? uh, and this, this feels so familiar. It feels like a real kind of like this is the sort of meat and potatoes US yeah. comic you would have picked up.
0: Well, because I was reading 2018 before I was reading American comics. So it really I read Revere before I read Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, that just like buried its way into my yeah, brain yeah. just like i the back of my unconscious waiting to do something yeah yeah yeah. and then i'm red spot, i was like i actually understand what's going on in this yeah, yeah. this is straightforward yeah I,
1: um yeah it's funny it's like it's like starting with yeah it's like starting with the really like avant-garde movie and then working yeah. our way back to sort of uh yeah like police academy or something <laughs> like, um, i started off with peter Greenaway*, away and then i worked my way back to police academy um, yeah so yeah so where this sits in that particular I don't know it's not Police Academy but it's <laughs> it's probably more like Uncle Buck or something I don't know um yeah yeah it's it's funny it's funny I don't know yeah. how much I would read more of Alpha Flight based on this issue so good yeah, luck
0: with that it's it's um <laughs> it's got distinct runs even in Burns 28 issues 28 issues issues, did he it's got distinct phases during that where he's enjoying himself and he's just doing it because he's been told he's got to Mm. Um, and then he gets more and more bored then Bill Mantlo takes on and really for the first few issues tries really hard to Mm. keep square with it Right. and then at some point he's just gone actually no Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell these stories anymore Mm -hmm spends through a few issues just sort of like putting it into where he wants it to be and then running with it yeah um so by, by the time up to, which is 50-ish 50 he like entirely reshapes the team yeah he gets rid of all of Alpha Flight right uh, and then just like carries on with the book that he he's wants to he's a bit write.
1: of an unsung hero I mean I think people are kind of coming around to him a lot of people do rain, but because he was yeah. such a kind of workman-like writer Because he
0: was doing it part time as a lawyer. He He was a
1: lawyer and he was writing (laughs) part time, yeah. But again, he was like often handled. He was kind of company man, so he was just given like, oh, we need you to write the defenders for six Mm -hmm. issues, or you can write Rom, you know, this kind of crappy toy cash in, and then he turns Rom into this really weird, heavy, sort of brain bending, sort of cosmic shit, you know, like a pulpy sort of cosmic adventure, which unfortunately no one can read unless you get the issues because it's rights issues, but. But, you know, and you've, you've told me outside of this podcast yeah. that, you know, the Mantlo issues are actually way more interesting in some ways, you know. Well, the, they're horror comics. Yeah. Which is fascinating.
0: they yeah. yeah. It's like, you know when you're reading a comic on the train and mm-hmm. then a, a child mm-hmm. comes onto the train and suddenly so yeah. you're really aware of yeah. what you're reading? Oh, yes. There's a few times that, it's just like a standard superhero <laughs> comic, I'm like, bring it up to my yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like you no, come, oh, this isn't for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that it's happens. Because there's this awful thing where someone looks at you on a train you're reading a comic and you feel judged instantly anyway. They're like, yeah. oh, he's not really a proper human, he's reading <laughs> comics. And then a child looks at you and then you can tell they're like, I'd like to read well, that comic. And then you go, no, I'm afraid this is a really weird sort of... <laughs> this is a visual cue which
0: people listening won't be able to see, but I'm just about to get out what I, how I read comics on the train. Ah. So I've got a special pink folder. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull this out of my bag and ceremoniously choose the issue that I'm yeah. going to read yeah. oh. and then read
1: it on my lap like that yeah yeah no that's, um, that's it's a special and it's like I can't do it all the time no yeah yeah it's like sometimes it's like you just don't feel right okay? game <laughs> like, yeah I, um, I've been rereading reading like some Doom Patrol and I got the kind of big chunky collections um and one of them, because I've got the original issues, but it's nice to have like a big wadge of them. And they've done these kind of 400 page collections. Mm. One of them has a the, uh, Brian Bolland cover, which has got a Ria, um, what's her name, Ria Jones. Is it Ria Jones? Anyway, she's, she's, she's a really bland character who comes back in the Grant Morrison run as this weird naked girl with like no eyes and a... <laughs> star inside her head and she's got like yeah, she's got she's just weird basically she's a typically weird Morrison thing but on the cover Brian Bond's basically drawn a fairly nubile naked girl yeah with loads of weird doing patrol shit around it but it is nonetheless that's kind of what it looks like every time I read that and I'm on the train I'm like this just looks bad and like my wife's like what's that comic then you know in this real like what is that (laughs) and I'm like it's not a porn comic it's just that that this stupid naked character is on the demo, <laughs> so yeah there's
0: certain things where you're like but oh. I had that um, friend to us both Doug Noble <laughs> sent me a Mickey Spillane novel <laughs> The Girl Hunters and on that is like
1: <laughs> sounds lovely
0: yeah it's called The Girl Hunters and then it's got a photograph of a model sitting next to a lamp Yeah. and then my wife came in she's like are you reading important books on the train no it's like a proper manly book where yeah. he beats up people it's and nails people to the floor and stuff
1: it's just called the girl hunters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it's just the occupational hazard it, it of reading on really, the train. Yeah, of reading yeah. on the train and reading comics.
0: Whereas well, right, it if you if you see someone on the train reading a Karen Slaughter book. Yeah.
1: That's, that's gonna have some crop at her stuff in it. In it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anytime it's like um, either a Swedish writer or uh, like a, a sort of lady writer of tech- detective yeah. that's going to have the worst stuff in it that's going to have the really depraved stuff yeah. in it <laughs> Some of those my
0: guys. wife was in a book group and um, someone suggested they do a Karen Slaughter then half the book group
1: threatened to leave if they had to right. read it <laughs> <laughs> get out <laughs> amazing I remember uh, I do remember reading a and Ellis book on the train once and I think it was Glamorama which is no one's favourite book Brady Snellis book except for his Um, and it's long and it's big and there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of pages where he just lists boring fashion stuff and weird like it's kind of it's a kind of numbing effect that he goes for but then occasionally it'll have like a really violent sequence or it'll have a really really pornographic Right and sexy. And the thing is it's like he's one of those writers who's like, I don't see any shame in porn. So he writes it quite kind of yeah. corny And yeah. so you'll be sitting there on the train and you're just like page after page of really quite rude stuff going yeah. on. And you have that thing, if someone's sitting next to me and their eyes are just skidding over, it's like Yeah, this just looks like I well I am just reading. Like if some someone's read and this and they know which page of it. Oh glamour, cool. Got yeah. it. I know that you're actually into the um, you know, the brat pack, you oh. know, American Literature, but other people would be like, just a just a perv on the train. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, I told you we would go all over the map with this. No, that's fine. Yeah. Because unfortunately. There's not (laughs) a lot to talk about in this issue. No, we chose a dry issue. and uh, Great cover. That's it. And you said to me, like, you know, pick an issue with no... What I like about the way you've done this is, like, just pick an issue. Um, So people who know the comic will probably have gone, oh, I know, I'll choose that one. Yeah. And people who don't will just try and be drawn in by something. Now, I did look at one with Puck on the cover because he's a funny, hairy little man. Yes. But thankfully... Phrase, Phrases, uh, and you done that. Have done Yeah. A good uh, di- dissection of the hairy man in comics. Yeah. Um, and so this one, yeah, was purely just the visual strength of the cover. And I yeah. would say, just looking at it, it is a absolutely cracking cover. Mm. And the good thing about something of like Outflight is you can get probably most of these issues for like 50p a quid. Yeah. Not particularly. They're not. Sort uh, of. Yeah. Um, And sometimes it's worth getting a comic like this just to have a cover as good as that. As I get older, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with that. You know know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. I might not get around to reading it, but I've got some which is Exactly, and sometimes you'll just look through and go, yeah, I think I can get this. It'll really be a fairly bone-dry, dull super comic. Turns out it was. (laughs) But thanks for letting me read it. No, you're very welcome.
0: Thanks for coming on. (laughs) Um, If anybody would like to find you on the internet, where yes. they do that and do you have anything to plug
1: probably yeah so we you can find us uh, the podcast I do silence is at the website mindlessones.com if you go there you'll see silence it's all over it it's um, so it's just me and my good friend uh, Gary Lactus and we've been doing it for like 248 episodes at this point That's of recording Uh so yes, yeah, plenty for you to dig back <laughs> into um and our, my comics are at milkthepress.wordpress.com uh you can also find some of them online at that site and on Mindless ones if you want to get a sample of them and i'm on twitter as at the so yeah and in terms of plugging i guess my latest cindy and biscuit collection sundays is is a full color um Set of strips, Sunday, summer special, sun, summer special, Sunday colour strips about the characters, and uh, I think it's my best work, so you should check it out.
0: Thank you very much for coming on. If anybody would like to find me on the internet, I'm Gareth A. Hopkins. I'm on the internet as Gerthink which is G-R-T-H-I-N-K I've got comics for sale. The pub we're in is getting increasingly is, noisy. Yeah.
1: Apologies if this is a hard listen for you. Guys. <laughs>
0: Um, but thank you very much, and I hope you will join me again on another episode of Alpha Podcast.